Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Considerations. I thought about doing the SpongeBob thing, but I think I would mess it up and, and it deserves to be done correctly. So I'll keep practicing and I'll get there for you guys, I promise. Um, this is Eleni, obviously. I'm here with Mike and Dan again, and the omnipotent Michelle, who may or may not make an appearance at some point. Um, depends on how badly we annoy her. Um, we are in the off season. It is May 16th. Um, it's evening for me and night for them. We just have some stuff that's happened, as you can imagine, since the season properly ended. Um, and we wanted to touch on it now so that we don't have to film a six hour podcast in two months. <laughs> it's super fair. Um, yeah, we're going down the list of things to talk about and, Normally, we have a lot more things to talk about, but the thing is, all the things that happened since the last show are all super duper big things, um, because that's kind of where we are with uh, PHF. We heard things like, oh, yeah, you know, there's changes in the front office, people who are part time being replaced by full time folks. And, you know, that like eventually results in us having a new commissioner and new hockey ops, new scouting, and a couple of obviously very big names. So I don't know which one of these names surprised you the most, Dan. Which one of these names was the most surprising to you? Uh, I would say the most surprising was probably Casey Bellamy. Uh, that's a name that women's hockey fans are very familiar with, especially if you follow the Boston Pride and Team USA Hockey. Um, that, that one kind of caught me off guard. It was like, okay, that's, that, that's a big move. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind since, uh, I guess since they, they announced that Reagan Carey was the, the new commissioner, uh, that was the end of April, I believe, after we had recorded our last episode and, um, she, she came in and she started making some moves and, and, uh, you know, she's, she's putting together her, her own team now and, and. You know, the first two moves are, are pretty big, substantial moves that that uh, are well-liked, appreciated, uh, well-received, I guess is the, the right <laughs> the right word. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, that was that, Casey Bellamy. That was, a, that was a big one, I think. And, and I think just her name and presence alone will help bring some some more talent uh, to this to this league. I was not surprised by anything after Reagan Carey was named because mm. she was the GM of the U S women's national team. Um, so she knows all of those people. And that also means she knows all of the USA hockey people and all of the hockey Canada people. Um, Mel Davidson wasn't a surprise because she had been involved before. So um, it kind of was like a soft launch of like, what do we think about Mel Davidson? And everyone was kind of like polite clapping and they were like, all right, well, then I guess we can hire her. Um, I think the Mel Davidson hire is funny. Um, I don't mean like funny, like it's a bad hire. I just mean funny, like it's humorous to me only because I feel like team Canada has taken a lot of flack for a lot of the personnel decisions on rosters that have been made in the last, like, and it didn't matter, right? Like they won gold this year, but, but there has definitely, actually, I think she was out by then anyway, over the past, the, over her tenure, there were a lot of questions about like, you know, some players maybe making rosters that people didn't think should be on rosters or players that didn't make rosters that people felt probably should have made rosters. 
I don't think that really centers around her necessarily. Um, clearly, there were still questionable decisions made afterwards because Lauren Gable's not an Olympian, which is insane. Um, but I do think that she's been a somewhat controversial figure. And it seemed to me like a very transparent, like, we, we love Canadians here. We love them. Come join us. Um, and I just don't know if that's the person that I would pick for that because I'm not entirely sure how the Canadian national team players actually feel about her. Um, I know that a lot of the national team players on the U.S. side have a good relationship with Reagan, which is why the Casey thing makes a lot of sense. Um, I was surprised by it a little bit, but I think only because in my head when I was thinking that she would be a good fit, I was like, you're just saying that because you have her jersey. Like, I I had sort of intentionally blinded myself to it. But I think it's great. Um, The Casey higher in particular seemed like something the players were really excited about which makes a lot of sense to me and i guess we'll just wait and see what happens with everything else yeah i mean it was all it was all pretty interesting to me i mean it kind of came to light that mel davidson's been a part of things more of a part-time this is i guess you can call it like a promotion of course she was one of the uh the all-star coaches as well um you know like lenny said she has her reputation but also you know if you talk about people who have kind of helped shape the world of women's hockey and influential people like people who may might end up in the hockey hall of fame as builders like mel davidson's in that conversation but it's that's a a heavyweight icon of the women's game and she's there in hockey ops and that's that's a big deal um and you know of course like eleni said all the relationships that the players have with with carrie is a big deal with usa hockey because you know it wasn't that it really didn't feel that long ago where all of a sudden it felt like uh you know, anything that had anything to do with USA Hockey or Hockey Canada was, you know, 10 feet away, very clearly separated uh, and segregated from what was going on with the then NWHL and PHF. Like, it felt like for a little while there was cooperation, like when we had Team NWHL versus Team USA and, you know, in 2018, it was like, oh, maybe there's room for collaboration here. And Katie Fitzgerald was in Team USA Hockey Camp and all those things. And then after it became clear that the national team players wanted nothing to do with it, it felt like it, things got very quiet very quickly. And obviously Reagan was around for, for, for that stuff. So that's a big, that's a big deal. Um, And of course, Casey Bellamy, I I think most people will say obviously very recently on the national team, but also, you know, national team played in the CWHL and was, you know, playing in PWHPA events. And now she's here. So the thing that I think that this Bellamy in particular underlines to me is just it's the line between one group and the other group is not a line that's like scorching of the earth that can never be crossed. Right. It's, it's the, you know, this is a really unique opportunity for someone like Casey Bellamy to have a full-time job doing something she loves working in women's hockey. That's tremendous. Same is true of Mel Davidson ring Carey. So, I mean, in terms of, what we end up with is the new look of the front office for the league. It's a pretty good little triumvirate there. Like I think they have a a ton of experience, um, which is a little bit different than we saw kind of under the tide to you know, rain is a lot of new blood, a lot of new faces, new people, even a hockey. And now we have these, these three people know everything about women's hockey pretty much. Right. So that's really interesting. Um, and I, I think it's good news for the league to have people with that level of knowledge. And we're very recently 
you know, a part of something big. Like even recent, I think it was just three years ago, Mel Davidson was a scout for Hockey Canada. So even though I know, like Eleni said, some folks were in Hockey Canada might be a little like, eh, you know, some players might not be the biggest fan of, of Mel right now. She very recently was a part of Hockey Canada in a scout role, I think. So it's a big deal. I mean, all big names in the world. You know what I think, listening to you talk about the kind of where the, the NWHL and the, the Olympic players kind of broke off. I, yeah. I remember that time period as like they they kind of took Haley Skimora and Savannah Harmon into their <laughs> kind of into their kind of group, and then they just kind of left. And then little by little, we've started to see you know some players start to to find their way back here, whether they you know were on those teams or a part of USA Hockey at some point in their lives, um, which we didn't see for a little while, and I think that's good and. Um, something that we talked about a, a couple of podcasts ago was when we were discussing who's going to take over for Ty, right? And a lot of the, the qualities that we kind of pointed out we should probably be considered. Uh, I feel like they, they hit, you know, all the marks there. You know, uh, respectable hockey person, knows the, knows the player's side of it and also has a familiarity with the business side of things. Um, and I think that's that's great. Everything's pointing in the right direction now. It feels like, and it's just uh, you know full steam ahead, and 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 now we can start to look forward towards season eight. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some fair questions to be raised about like if we're trying to change hockey culture, how much sense does it make to bring in people who are hockey in that way? Um, and I don't want to go through this podcast without acknowledging that because. I, I can understand the trepidation and I, I, I'm not going to draw any conclusions until we see what happens. But to me, this feels very like, and I, I think a lot of people don't really want to say this and I just don't care, but I, I think this feels very like, are you sure you're going to do your own lead? Like, are you sure? Because we haven't heard anything like official yet. And like, we know you guys found someone to bankroll it, but we're all over here now. And it would be a lot easier. It would really save you a lot of energy and, you know, we can, we can port over these teams if you want them. If you want a team in Calgary, we can, we can just bring you guys over. And if you want the Montreal team, we're, we were planning on doing that anyway. And, and I don't hate it. I, I think as a business move, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but I guess I wonder about the longevity of this if it doesn't work. Like, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. I, maybe Casey doesn't care. But maybe, maybe she does care. Maybe people like Amanda Pelkey do care. Um, I think it'll just be really interesting to see. I think with some of the signings that have been rumored or announced, it casts some doubt to me on whether, like I've sort of been assuming this whole time that the play do, but I actually think that's not the case now. Um, it's starting to feel like they also don't know what's going on. And some of them have gotten to the point where they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, Oh, sorry. My bad. You know what? <laughs> Screw it. I'm going to, I'm just going to sign. Cause like, if I wait and I don't sign nice, if I wait and I don't sign for a PHF team because I think I'm going to make this other league and the other league doesn't happen or it happens and I don't make it, then I'm not playing. And I could make fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 playing in this other league. And I don't, maybe I don't care about the politics that much. I think that a lot of them are getting to that point. So it'll be really interesting to see what actually does happen versus what maybe people have been saying could potentially happen and whether or not some of these hires change that trajectory. We may never know, but makes you think it makes you think Absolutely. Yeah, I, think, I think some of the players too and it has to play a part in it is just what like 
the other league, supposedly, whatever it is, it, it isn't here and, and you're not having offers. And if somebody offers you money and kind of job security, for lack of a better phrase, for the upcoming season and you kind of want to have that sorted out and you want to take care of whatever you want to take care of over the summer, uh, maybe that's a factor that plays into it for some players when deciding what they want to do and, you know, what side of that invisible line that they want to be on uh, that a lot of people um, other than them care about more. I mean, it's the thing that always strikes me is like, you know, you see, especially, you know, we haven't jumped to it yet, but we can allude to it now is MGM's contract, right? MGM gets 80,000 and 10% of that's a bonus. And, you know, it's this watershed moment. And if you're a national team player, and you're saying, I'm not sure when this other league's going to start, or a player who's like maybe fringe national team or was playing with the PWHPA, and you're saying, you know, what can I make if I say I'm going to sign up for the league that has, you know, its foundations down already? Like there are teams, there are general managers, there are head coaches. Well, there's general managers for some of the teams, I should say. Um, but like there's stuff in place, some right? Teams have locations. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, for those who don't know, the Whitecaps are actively looking for a GM. Um, someone brought it to my attention that it's a it's a on a job listing site, which makes sense. I mean, you're in the state of hockey, get as many eyes on it as you can. But uh, I think it makes you know, more sense than the way that men's teams hire their new GMs, which is just like whichever guy most recently got fired gets hired. There, yeah, so. or yeah, this is someone's <laughs> nephew. Yeah, I mean. Makes sense to actually put it out there for, for people to find it, but it's um, them send you a resume, know your worth, Queens. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting to me, though, that I would have to imagine players have to say, All right, so I want to play now, right? I want to, if this is what I can make playing in this league, why don't I just play in this league? Even like, you know what? We've already seen this thing where players kind of ping pong back and forth, like Nicole Shamel is one who comes to mind, like. Bing, bong, bing. Why not? I'm going to play in this league this year. Maybe next year when the PWHPA league gets its roots down, gets more established, then I'll play in that league. But I want the contract now that I know I can play. I can sign one year. I can make a ton of money to do what I want, especially if you're already getting on a national team stipend. Like You can do very, very well playing in this league, just like I'm sure eventually you can do well playing in the uh, eventual PWHPA league, but this league is here now and players are signing right now. And, and like the, um, the other thing is like, they are, they are social animals. We're all human. And so yeah. are they. And if your friends are like, dude, I just signed a contract in New Jersey or God forbid your girlfriend is like, I'm doing it. You're going to be <laughs> like, I don't know why I said God forbid. That's so dramatic. But if, <laughs> listen, if your girlfriend or your friend or your friend's girlfriend that you're friends with, signs a contract somewhere and they're like we really could use a pker and you're like well i'll block shots like whatever let's all yeah. live in new jersey in a house together and hang out like that's the appeal that's what it's all about right and especially yeah. if you already live somewhere like people say this in men's sports all the time and it's true for the women's sports too your stuff is already there like the stuff yeah. some of the stuff that i've heard about how the other league was maybe going to be set up suggested to me that like you could just be asked to move somewhere which if you're making enough money is fine, but if you're here and someone's offering you a job here and, and all of your stuff is here and you don't really want to move, why wouldn't you do it? Like what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? Your team doesn't play well, like better than not playing, I guess. 
I shouldn't say it like that because me saying what's the worst that could happen is like terrible. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll knock on some wood. Okay, we're good. So not just for changes in the league, uh, which we touched on, but also we had some team-specific changes. The first one, uh, I mean, they're both changes with the Riveters. Obviously, we talked about, you know, Digit Murphy being the new president of the team. Um, since that's happened, the Rivs hired Ben Lahovi, a longtime member of the Finnish national team, to be the new head coach. Uh, the wrinkle there is that Ivo Mozek, who in my opinion, was a fine coach, um, is the associate head coach now. And that's, uh, it's interesting that, you know, like no matter which way you cut it, it's, it's Evo taking a smaller role. But I think, honestly, it's for the players who are going to be on that team, it's pretty good news. You have, you know, a coach who knows the league and you have Van Lahovi who knows the, you know, the upper echelons of the women's game. So, that's really interesting. Um, and then the ribs have a new GM, which is also historic. Um, and that's awesome. So I, I see these moves and I, I know, like I said before, the white caps need a new GM. Um, I'm still been hearing things about other changes that might happen. Uh, I think just today it was Jack Broat was, what was it, Dan? Is he now something for NL, the, the ownership group, He's something in hockey, Something, something. Yeah, some type of assistant role. Um, it, it's basically like he's still going to be around, but it's just a little bit of a lesser role and, and a different role than he's obviously been in in the past. Hockey operations. Yeah, hockey something, something. That's what I exactly what I said. Okay, yeah, so a part of hockey operations. So he, he doesn't have any input in player personnel anymore, and, and he won't be behind the bench Uh and 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 all that kind of jazz uh um you know it's it's i don't want to go off on a little bit of a tangent here but i i think that the way that it's been handled has kind of been awkward for everybody involved and um it just it's just it's been a really weird situation there with with everything that's going on um i reported this back in i think it was april's column uh, where I, I talked about uh, he had been kind of take take that role hadn't been uh, that contract hadn't been renewed um, and and Rhonda Engelhart was uh, going to be the full time uh, head coach now mm-hmm. um, and that they've kind of they haven't announced anything yet in in free agency as far as signings and stuff like that um, but they have made some signings and and. Um, there's other players that they haven't signed. Uh, yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's strange. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to, what to think about what's going on out there. Um, things seem pretty, I mean, for, for lack of a better word, it's, it's an interesting situation given what we've seen the last couple of years with Minnesota and the things we've heard from some of your reporting, Dan, and like, like boo leaving, um, you know, getting, you know, reportedly a better offer, a better deal in Boston. And I don't know if you're in Minnesota, how you don't back up the money truck to keep Amanda Bouye. And then with uh, the most recent Dan Rice bomb um, of a certain very, very fast forward landing with the Boston Pride now. There's, is, an, Italian, um, there's an Italian food that's a rice bomb, right? Starts with an is a. there? 
or I don't remember the name of it. It's a rice ball for starters. It's called Arancini. Yeah. Rice Listen, I didn't know. I didn't get it. Next wrong. time, next time Dan drops a rice bomb, we're gonna we're gonna call it an arancini. Okay. I like that. Okay. There you go. Okay, Perfect. sorry. Yeah, the most recent. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, I was just saying. I mean, it's you look at you look at who they've lost just in terms of being quote unquote outbid, or you know, someone made an offer that a one of the best players in the league couldn't refuse. A big part of keeping making your team competitive is holding on to your best players. And the past two off seasons, they've let, you know, elite, elite, elite players go in free agency. And it's, it's hard to wrap your head around what the heck's going on there. Is it not willing to spend? Is it uh, being confident that you can replace some of these players with, with local talent? But, you know, Minnesota didn't really have that many rookies that made a big impact beyond like Patty Marshall this past season. And uh, I, th- I don't know if I was running the Whitecaps, I'd be managing things a little differently, but I'm just a little stats dork. So what do I know? Yeah. So, all right. So here, here's what I know about uh, with, what's going on with Minnesota. As I reported, uh, Alec Dunstrom signed with the Boston pride. If you've read what? the column, you, you may have been able to piece together the clues. Um, and she signed a two year deal. Is that right? Two-year deals? See, yeah, I didn't know. Two-year deal. Uh, as far as I know, I, it's obviously not official yet. Uh, nothing Shell space. <laughs> official. Um, but yeah, it, it's two years. And, and the, here, here's the crazy part. From what I was told, um, she got this offer from Boston, hadn't received an offer from Minnesota. Okay. Went back to Minnesota and said, hey, look, I have this offer from Boston. I'd really prefer to stay here and play with my friends and, um, you know, be at home. Yeah. Uh, and said, you know, make me a counter offer and they didn't make a counter offer. And she got to the point where it was just, she wanted to make a decision and, and have that, you know, not hanging over her head for the, you know, the next couple of weeks or months or whatever. And, um, yeah. decided for a new change. Um, I feel like there's like two reasons that this might have happened. One of them is that they don't have a GM. And so they were like, we can't make you an offer yet. That's not, nope, nope. Yeah. And so the other option to me is if you are building a team and MGM just got 80K, you want to build a team that's going to be really deep because that's theoretically how you win the cup, having seen Boston win the way they've been winning. If you pay one person 80K, how are you going to pay everybody else? And if you don't know how to answer that question and you know that someone else is likely to outbid you for this player and you're confident that the pipeline in your area is going to be able to make up for it, maybe maybe it's not as an insane... I mean, I don't agree with it, but I, I can see how there might be an angle to it that's like, look, how old is she? She's in her 30s. She definitely had an ankle injury towards the end of the season. They're offering her two years, probably a lot of money. Um, and you've got kids graduating from every school in Wisconsin and Minnesota who want to play. Um, she's a BC alum anyway, so she has ties to Boston. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I don't think it's like as insane as it might first sound. I think that Boston signing her makes no sense to me at all. And we'll see what happens with that. But, but if anybody's going to pull off like magically having – 
the women's hockey equivalents of Crosby, McDavid, Bergeron, Tavares, <laughs> all on one team. It's going to be Boston. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. I, I don't doubt that they would be able to figure the it out. Boston Globetrotters next season in the PHF. So what you were saying about Minnesota is, is like, in theory, that would kind of make sense. Like, and, and I would agree with you if that was the case. But, you know, I learned tonight that, like, they still haven't signed John Curtis. Like, I, they've, they've signed other players. They have other players that are signed they haven't announced yet. And, and they're still kind of, like, goofing around with her because, I don't know, I guess they, they feel like they don't want to – pay her as the, the top player. I, I, I just, I can't understand it. I can't make sense of it. It's been like rattling around in my head. They still haven't signed Amanda Levier. Uh, I heard uh, Amanda Boulier came back to Minnesota and was like, hey, you know, I'd like to be back on the Whitecaps and, and still hasn't gotten like an answer back. Um, it's All of this I would file under alarming and not good. Um I, in my I, opinion, like I think Lev should be the highest paid goalie in the league. Um, if you talk about relative value to her team, what she's been able to do, like the NWHL slash PHF record book for goaltending is the Amanda Levy story, right? It's she is goaltending excellence at the professional level. Um, and it's hard to fathom her not being a priority for this team. Hard to fathom if they know they're going to lose Thunstrom to let Jonna Curtis feel like she's not a priority to be signed. Like, uh, you know, in my head, it's pretty clear, like, who the best players on the team were. Like, you should probably get, uh, if, if you know you're going to lose Thunstrom, you better make sure you get Lev. You better make sure you get Curtis. You better make sure you get Audra. You better make sure you get these players who you can still build around, right? Um like, I think Eleni's point is an important one with, with the injury and everything with Thunstrom. But even then, like, I just can't buy it. Like, Ali Thunstrom on one time. ankle is still faster than a lot of players on two ankles. It's true. So, I think the thing I that's stressing me out about it the most is that, like, I know people who were at that camp and, like, they don't know what's going on either. So, like, I guess in my head, I was like, if you're not going to sign this person, Theoretically, it's because you have a fleet of other people you're going to sign, but it kind of seems like they're just like closing their eyes and throwing darts, which is probably not a bad way to build a roster in the state of Minnesota, but maybe not the decisions that I would make just from like a team culture standpoint. It's yeah. the kind of thing where like if, if someone asks me, hey, what do you know about Minnesota like culture wise? I have to be like, dude, I actually don't know. Like, I don't know anything. I don't think they know. Um, and that's kind of a weird position to be in um, for a league that, like, this is the first year where not everybody's going to go to free agency. This is the after this season will be the first time that not everybody goes to free agency all at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting and cool. So, so having like a having like a, a reputation as a franchise is really important because it's a free labor market every single time, and now everyone else has a lot of money too, and like. MGM's going back to Buffalo. What's happening in Toronto? I don't know. I don't, I mean, they re-signed their captain and their starting goaltender. That's great. But like, I don't know. Boston hasn't announced anything. Um, we know they got Allie, but like what happens with Jillian Dempsey? I don't know. Does anybody? I'm assuming she does. So what, what drives me insane, or well, not insane, but 
what, what kind of struck me, like I was mentioning, was, you know, they didn't offer these players that we talked about first. Um, as I reported, they signed Sidney Morin. Uh, they signed Ashley Brickelick. Um, I found out today they signed Sidney Brat, uh, which is kind of funny because her last name is spelled like Jack Brote and Winnie Brote and Chelsea Brote, but it's pronounced differently. Um, so they, they made it a point to go out and get these other players, but not take care of the players that they know and the players that kind of backstopped them to, you know, the cup final three, first three years they were in the league. Right. I mean, um, and then this year their, their star goalie goes down and, and, uh, and they don't have a good season and they don't make the cup final. Um, so it's just, it's an interesting strategy. You know, it's, we're still, what, I don't know what day it is, May 18th or whatever, um, or, or eight, May, what, is it 16th? Yeah. I, I, don't know, I haven't looked at a calendar forever, but so we're in the middle of May. There's a lot of time to go before the season starts. Um, so I try and reserve a little bit of judgment, but, but when I hear like, you know, what they've offered John Curtis and then what she comes back with a counter offer and then they make her another offer. Like to me, that that's like an easy decision. That's, that's easily one of the, the top two, three players in the league. Um, she should have been up for an MVP vote, I guess, but, but that's for another story at another time. But I, I would have made that priority number one, two and three to get Curtis and, and Levier and Thunstrom. Um, and, you know, players are asking for, 10% raises and they're, and, being, and they're being told, maybe we'll see. Like, um, these are. That's not okay to me. I big, think big that's players. It. Like, and yeah. it's, it's not that they don't have a GM because the GM in that case um, it wasn't going to be handling this, this uh, aspect of, of building a team. It's whoever's the director of player personnel um, in this situation. And, and that's what they've decided to do. So we'll see. Um, the Allie Dunstrom thing is, is crazy. Two years, um, she gets that security. Like like Eleni said, we're going to go into next offseason and certain players aren't going to be available to sign. Um, and that's going to be a, an interesting dynamic. We've seen a couple of the two-year deals out there. Um, uh, I'm curious to see uh, who else signs two-year deals as, as more and more signings get announced, for sure. I think if you're a Butte fan... You had to hope that the MGM deal was a two-year deal. Um, I think the the one-year deal to me is like, I have had people be like, this is concerning to me because that's a lot of money and it's all one year. So if we don't get it right this year and she wants to go back to Toronto, like we need to really get it right now. I mean, and maybe she would come back. Who knows? I don't know. But it's definitely like, it very much feels like you're pushing all your chips in. Um which is cool and exciting. And I, I think we need more of that in the league, but it's also like very scary um, to, to, as a fan, I think it's a little scary to see your team be like, this is it. This is the year we're doing Buffalo, it. Buffalo has been not good for a couple of years now. And you know, that, that starts to eat at a owners, general managers, coaches, players, right. You go down the line. Uh, to me, that's what this is, is, one of the best players became available and Buffalo said, yeah, we'd be interested in signing one of the best players in the league. And, and they weren't the only team that was bidding on her from what I've been told. There were other teams involved as they were with Dunstrom. Um, but 
This is, you know, that, that's a big, a big boom for, for Buffalo, I think. Right, Mike? Uh, you, you have a number one center now you slot in and, and everything else can kind of fit in behind that, right, when you're building the team? Yeah, looking at that team, um, like looking at what the team had last year, I think Audie Mack is like a playmaker, great at generating offense, but you could feel like you needed to put like a star forward with Audie Mack. And I feel like you have a great match, like a creative visionary player like MGM who can beat players one-on-one, but is super unselfish when she wants to be like, it's so fun looking at MGM stats. Like I'm the biggest fan of her game because at even strength, she shoots and she scores on the power play. She's setting up her teammates. Like if you look at her primary point breakdown, that's what she does. Cause she can beat you a bunch of different ways. Like Buffalo hasn't had a player like that in a very long time. Um, so that's incredibly exciting for Buffalo because it's a franchise center. It's someone to build around. I was just going to touch really quickly. Dan, you mentioned Sydney Brott, who has been like a dominant player um, in the SDHL with Lin Chipping. And like, I understand like, yeah, you know, University of Minnesota Duluth was on Team USA just a couple years ago. A big name. Uh, I don't, I don't, Jonna Curtis never gets enough credit. She's third all time in league scoring. She is, you know, like, she's helped build the league, let alone helped build the Minnesota Whitecaps. If Jonna Curtis wants a 10% raise, I would go, go back to her and say, how about a 30% raise? <laughs> like, especially after you lose Allie Thunstrom, you have to keep Jonna Curtis around. You have to keep Amanda Levier around. That's, those are the players who built what you have. I mean, the best parts of what Minnesota has was built by those players. So that, I just had to, to add that quickly, but I agree about MG. That thing is also so stressful if you think about it, because she's already played and won a cup in Buffalo. So like, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying if I was a GM and I was hearing this, I'd be like, get on the phone, get on yeah. the phone. <laughs> Jonna, let me tell you how much we love you remember. here in Buffalo. Yeah. This is the first time I can remember in the history of this league ever feeling in the offseason like something really interesting was going to happen to every team. Um, and and that's that's the value of investing in the sport, I guess. Is now, now everything's insane. And now I'm scared the way that I'm scared about what my men's team is going to do every summer. So we love equality, I guess. I don't know. I'm nervous. Well, that's um, what's kind of great about all this is we're now having these conversations, right, where we can have proper bidding wars where we can have teams say, we're willing to give up this much of our cap and give you this bonus that the other team won't give you. That's how much we want Bucky in Buffalo. We'll give you a 10% of your contract as a signing bonus right now, guaranteed. And like, we haven't had that, even though, you know, like I know some folks were saying like, you know, oh, it's not the biggest contract ever in women's hockey history, you know, with, with the contracts and, in China and stuff, but like, here's the thing. Those were not just to play hockey. Those were like weird ambassador things and like things to circumvent a salary cap, all these things. If you want to talk about a contract to play pro women's hockey and just pro women's hockey, that isn't, there's no other attachments to it. It's a watershed moment. This is the off season where it's not just one or two or three players making that to play pro hockey in this kind of sketchy thing that everyone just kind of nod their heads along, like, all right, that's happening. That's fine, I guess, right? It's, you know, the haves and the have-nots, okay. This is more players than ever before are going to make enough to make a living doing this. 
And so you get to have these awesome conversations now where I get to think about articles for the Ice Garden is how much, who are the five players from last season who I would pay the most as a GM? It's like, if I know, if I'm a GM in this league and I know that like Minnesota's not giving Amanda Levier enough money, I am picking up the phone and I'm yelling like, Lev, what do you want? We love you. Have we told you how much we love you? Because you've been beating us for five years. We want, we want to have you here. Any team in the league should be doing that other than maybe like Boston and Toronto. Like, it's crazy to me, but it's also awesome that we're at the stage now. So, super fun. Just to, to, to button up the Whitecaps before we move, move ahead, uh, with, regarding Curtis, I did hear that she did field offers from other teams. Um, Boston was, as, as, as crazy as it would seem, uh, Boston was one of those teams that made her an offer and she respectfully declined because she kind of wants to, she has a, a, a day job in, in Minneapolis or, or St. Paul and wants to stay near there. She's getting married actually at the beginning of June. Um, <clears throat> and you know, she, this is, that's where her home is. So whatever the money was, it wasn't going to lure her. And, th- and that's maybe where the white caps feel like they have, have it a little bit over her. Like, Oh, you want to play? Okay. Um, but we're only going to offer you X amount of dollars. And um, I don't know. That, that's kind of weird to me. As if that's a super thing to do to a person. Yeah. Right. But that's business, right? I mean, you have to, you have to fit 22, 23 pieces of the puzzle into whatever the salary cap is. It's, it's certainly a challenge. Um, and, and so Minnesota had their, their tryout camp this past weekend. Um, I think Eleni was trying to allude to uh, uh, one of the former Riveters, Teresa Knutson was at that camp. Um, there was a few other players that, that I know that were there. Uh, some of them still a- attached to the, the Whitecaps brand, but I don't know if we're going to see them necessarily on the team. Uh, but players like Bricklick and, and actually everybody was supposed to be there, whether they were signed or not, I think. Um, they did have a couple of European players, I was told. Was Sydney Baldwin there, Dan? Sydney Baldwin was there. She's actually another player that signed. I'm glad that you brought that up, um, that they haven't announced, because they haven't announced anybody yet. But they're collecting Sydney's, apparently. Um, I was about to say, so, it seems like they have at least three unofficial Sydney's. Signs, yeah, and, and uh, a, a couple of the girls weren't there because they were out with, with Jana and, and uh, for her bachelorette party, I believe, this past weekend. So, um you know, they're not that they need to be there, but but a lot of the players that have signed or are going to sign were, were there. So, uh, um, yeah, so that's that's been them. Buffalo made a couple of signings too, which I think uh, surprised us. Some of them, uh, I, I think, I personally expected to see their first couple of signings be players re-signing from last year's team. Um, and we got that with the first one, with the first two-year contract, Dominique Kramer. Yeah. Um, and then we got some – and then we got uh, – the next two players were, were players that uh, – right, that, that came from overseas. Yeah, Jess Healy, who's been a great player um, in the SDHL. She went to Minnesota Duluth, and she's also signed a two-year deal. So they have two yeah. defenders there locked up for two years each, which is like, all right, there's your, you know – two defenders that are a lock to be on the first two pairs, right? That's defenders to build your blue line around, right? And then Courtney Mott, um, another forward who has that Merrimack tie. Um, and now you have a couple of, you know, now three players on Buffalo went to Merrimack. So you have that building, which 
honestly, every time this has happened where a team has like a little c- nucleus of players who played together in college, it always seems to work out. I don't know why we don't see it happen more often. I just, I want to remind everybody, Casey Bellamy did coach at Merrimack the first season that they were an NCAA Division One program. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but she is a scout and she is player relations or whatever. So I don't know. Um, I, I, I think there are some players in Buffalo that like, I think if they just, if there's like two or three of them fan favorites that they can get back for the most part, anything else that they do will be okay. But I, I fear them walking a very thin line of like, you know, being just, I just, it's a lot of money to spend on one person. It just makes me nervous. I'm thinking about players like who, who, who wouldn't offer Cassidy Vinkle? Like if you're Toronto and you've just lost MGM, you could probably use someone like Cassidy Vinkle and you probably can afford to pay her more than Buffalo can now. Does she want to play in Buffalo? Probably. But like, I don't know this whole, the whole politics of like outbidding teams for players for the first time is very interesting. And, and it's also especially weird that like, theoretically we're supposed to have like two more teams. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. And, and I think that that especially plays in specifically in Boston because Montreal, you could basically just go outside and point at like 23 random people and you'd have a roster. Um, and not that that's not true in Boston, but I think Boston and Providence, um, assuming Providence is as Dan has um, stealthily reported, um, assuming Providence is actually the expansion that's been contemplated. Um, if you're paying Thunstrom, and let's let's say for the sake of argument, you're signing a college student that's graduating to a big contract. Um, a couple of your players who are very good and probably could make a lot of money either went to school in Providence or are from the New Hampshire, Rhode Island area. And if you're the new GM on this new team, you're like, you're offering T like an an insane amount of money because Boston can't match it. But that only works if that team actually exists. And I, I, I feel like Bigfoot about it. Like, (laughs) I don't know, maybe. I, I, I honestly, I thought it would have been announced by now. Um, the day when, when Carrie did her introductory media availability, um, she said soon, but she had just kind of, you know, not really gotten up to speed on things. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was told it was supposed to be, or prior to last week, I was told it, it's coming this week um, and it didn't come. So now I'm wondering if something happened, if there's a snag, teams are signing players. I don't like that with, with two teams kind of being out there that, that um, are going to be the optics are weird, right? Right. And, and starting at a disadvantage. Um, but having said that, I think certain players won't be back in Boston um, for various reasons. And if there is a team in Providence, I'm pretty sure they can go there and be the highest paid players there. Right. And um, get what they're looking for. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, like Eleni mentioned, I could see maybe Vinkel as a player that, that Toronto pursues to to fill that void. Uh, there, there's probably some other players out there too that they would they would go after, um, and you know they're competing probably mostly with Buffalo f- for some players uh, just based on geography. Yeah, I think about Buffalo. I think about like you know who do you need to make sure you get back to me? It's 
it's a pretty short list. You know, you know, you need to make sure you get back Autumn McDougal, Kennedy Ganser. You already got Dominique Kramer, right? Kramer, and then Cassidy Vinkel. I'd put in that conversation. I think Cassidy McPherson is one of the more underrated two-way centers. And then the other one, the elephant in the room, the most obvious one to me is CJ. Uh, get CJ back. Put a better blue line in front of her, and I don't think you can go wrong. I also think you do have to consider things like not just the fact that I think Carly Jackson is not just a competent, but a very good goalie. Cause I do think she is a very good goalie, but Carly Jackson is the most important player to that fan base. And I think those things matter and they matter a lot, especially when you're trying to build a team. And I think everything we've seen from Carly Jackson seems like a foundational member of that team, a big part of, the locker room, a big part of the team culture. I don't know. I was be surprised if she doesn't end up resigning. I think it would be eyebrow raising to say the least. So um, the other player who I think, Dan, I know you and I have talked about her a bunch that I'd like to see her come back to Buffalo is Diffendahl. Um, really, like, you feel like watching her play is like, oh, yeah, give her a couple of years. She's going to be one of those players where she, she has the puck and it's her puck now. <laughs> you just can't. Once, once Angelica Diffendahl figures that out with speed and skating and, and puck possession, I mean, she had a really strong rookie year, six goals, four assists on a team that didn't score a lot. Um, so those are players that Buffalo fans should uh, keep a close eye on to see if they come back. Claudia Kepler will be another player to keep a close eye on. Um, it's an interesting group there in Buffalo because they, they, they came out of the gates with obviously MGM and then a couple of new players. And re-signing Dominique Kramer, and now it's okay. What? What now? Right. I, I do think they signed. I do think they re-signed uh, McDougal. I don't know if that's official yet, but I'm. I'm I feel pretty confident that she's going to end up back with that team. Um, and and Ganser, I think, would be another one. I agree. Like that's that's kind of a a, a must player. Well, there's uh, your first line, right? You have uh, McDougal, uh, Ganser, MGM. Pretty good first line. That, 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 that'd be a pretty sweet line. MGM and the Pandas, we'll call it. Yeah, MGM and the Pandas. Why not? That could be a band name, too. Like. I was about to say. It's He's a zookeeper. <laughs> it's a video of the two pandas who won't let the zookeeper sweep, and they keep attacking the broom. Every time they score a goal, you just roll that gif. Free that's, idea. You're welcome, Buffalo Mutes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I guess we'll, let's move over to the ribs. Um, yeah, the ribs made some moves, too. They, they made some moves because none of the other teams have signed anybody. So the Rivers are next in line to be talked about. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, they, uh, they signed Packer for two years, which I think was a, a little bit of a surprise to yeah. myself. I don't want to speak for both of you, but uh, Packer for two yeah. years, not one. Uh, Core nine for one year. And then uh, Pelkey for a year. I think that was, that was one that we all kind of went, oh, oh. Yeah. I wasn't surprised by Pelkey. Um, I, I'm not going to say anything else about that, but I wasn't surprised by it. I think, I think to me, the bigger story with the Riveters is who are they, who have they not re-signed? Um, because I think some of them, and this is happening everywhere, but it's particularly interesting on the Riveters because of the way their season ended. Some of them were essentially told, like, if we haven't reached out to you, go somewhere else. Like, you will not be getting a contract here. Not in that, like, they didn't say it like that, but it was more like, mm. if we haven't reached out to you, 
feel free to go to other tryouts. You can come to ours, but like definitely make sure, you know, um, which is kind of like when, when you're at your job and they're like, you should, you should look at other opportunities and they're not yeah. firing you, but it's like, you know, um, and, and there are some people who I understand doing that with. And there are some people who it just seems very political to me. Um, and it was always going to be that way because the way that their season ended was really ugly and the way that their season went was really ugly, but it is going to be really interesting to see who may go elsewhere and play really well, who may just not play, um, who may end up coming back that surprises people who may go to somewhere like Connecticut. Um, I don't know. I think, I think the Rivs are going to be a very interesting watch over this. Um, they, they signed two international players today. Um, we don't have like international slots in the sport. So you can't, you could, your whole team could be Swedes if you wanted to do that. Um, Wait, we have to have an international draft. If you want to sign players from overseas, you can't just start signing players. What is this? You're supposed to sign them and then do the international draft and tell everybody that you pick them. And then that works. That's what I was told. That works. I think it'll be really interesting because I think Venla has a lot of contacts in Sweden and Finland um probably even in russia um and it'll be interesting to see who they're able to bring over and how much of the of the team from last year gets obliterated in the process and maybe it'll work or maybe it won't we'll see yeah i heard uh, a, a few players had uh started looking elsewhere for opportunities um what's interesting i think for for maybe some fans and um the goalie market, right? It's it's kind of always interesting to me because there's only so many spots and so many seats. Um, Tara Hoffman is is back in New Jersey for the summer uh, for her off season training. Perhaps she ends up back with the Riveters. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I would I'd be shocked if she wasn't at the the Riveters uh, tryout free agent camp that, that they announced, which is going to be June fourth, I believe. Um, so that, that, that's an interesting name. Uh, Tara obviously still wants to play. Um, I don't think she'll end up back in Toronto, um, but you never say never, right? But, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where, where and, and if she ends up. Uh, but the Riveters are a team that could be a possibility. Um, maybe we see Rebecca Morris go back to the Riveters. Um, played in Connecticut last season and then didn't play in the, in the playoff games down in Florida. Um, do I think she ends up back in Connecticut? It's possible, uh, but I don't think it's likely. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Something to keep an eye on. Um, she could definitely play in this league, that's for sure, and, and uh, she may end up at one of the tryouts as well. Yeah, I think the Rivs moves overall are pretty interesting. Like Eva Berglund was on Sweden's Olympic team, the Riveters bring. That's like the player is 23 in her prime on the Swedish national team, who I guarantee you is getting offers to play in the SDHL. She's playing in yeah. the HF. That, to me, in and of itself, is a pretty fun story. That players are like, oh, maybe I take my game to the next level. I mean, this is a player who, Eva Berglund, a couple seasons ago, was playing with Lulia. So she's playing with Jenny Hirokoski. She's playing with Ronia Savalainen. Like, she's playing with the best of the best. And she's saying, I want to continue to develop. I'm going to play here. That, to me, is kind of cool. Um, I'm, I apologize in advance if I if I butcher Sarah's name, but Sarah Bujold, Sarah Bujold, I think it is. Um, I like when we make Mike say different names. Yeah, um, 
but you know she she's a player who was really dominant in in youth sports and i also i really love when we get to see those players from youth sports like they take a different path right and the sd sdhl unbelievable with hv71 so that's a player who is going to make an offensive impact for the riveters but like eleni said it's a lot of what to watch for the riveters is the players who don't come back um because i mean dan you and i talked about it all season long we talked about it on the podcast a lot just the question of the Riveters was was not what was wrong with the first line. The question was the, you know, the lack of depth, the lack of, you know, not being greater than some of its parts. And, you know, I say all that while also saying earlier in the show, I think they had a good head coach. So it's very interesting to see the Rivs come out of the gates pretty aggressive with rebuilding. I'm really curious what happens in net and on the blue line, because last year that blue line was paper, paper thin. Um, and I, I agree. I, I like were troubleshooting that throughout the season. And by the end of the season, I thought things stabilized, but they took a long time for things to stabilize. They needed to sign Colleen Murphy and then they needed Kira to come back just for things to kind of get to the point where it's like, okay, things are stable. But until before all those things, it was wild to see like, all right, what, what are we doing? We're rolling 5D tonight? Yeah, I, I like, <laughs> like you. I, I, like Evo. I think he's a good man. Uh, I think he was maybe caught in a little bit of a weird spot. Uh, uh, maybe not. I, I mean, he's that coach, but just some of the deployment of some of the, the players was just always, it was just weird all season long. Um, and I think some of those players that didn't get to play a lot, uh, like a Knutson, like a, like a Mal Rushton, I think they'd love to be back on the Riveters again, but I, I think they also, on the other hand, they want to play and they didn't get to play at all, really, uh, you know, for certain at certain points of the season, it, it was just just too, running running two lines, and um, and you know they ended up like, like we said, they, they, they the season didn't end very well. It didn't start very well. Actually, it started great for them. They beat Connecticut that first game, and then it was kind of all downhill after that. Uh, but they, you know, they weren't getting run out of the rink or nothing like that. They were, they were in most of the games, um, but it's just. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they they look once we get to September, uh, as we start to get to training camp and um, what their team looks like. Um, I brought up Connecticut. Uh, I had spoken to somebody very close to Shannon Turner, um, and I, I said, you know, I have to ask, like, is she coming back? And uh, they replied, you know, that that's that's for her to decide. Uh, but they aren't making it easy on her, uh, is what I was told. So um, if I had to bet, I'd, I'd bet that she comes back for one one last last chance at this, uh, one last last dance, uh, how, how we want to phrase it. But that that's great news, I think. Um, that is great news. And, and I've also heard Connecticut, although they haven't announced anything, um, I heard somebody told me, and I believe it's a – I trust this person with my life. So, um, is it me? Not Nate, just to put that out there, Nate did not feed this information <laughs> to me because I, I know some people might in, in, infer from my statement that that it might be him. But uh, I heard they have signed at least like nine players or re-signed. Oh, so right. uh, I haven't been able to nail down any one of them. Um, I would assume one of them is probably Shannon. Um, I'd be shocked if. Kennedy Marchman wasn't 
one of them and, and uh, Ali Monroe. Um, and then the rest, you know, we'll see, but, um, so they haven't been, they haven't been quiet. They, they're, they're doing their work. They, they were a team that I heard was in on Johnna Curtis or, or reached out to her, or wanted to make an offer. Um, again, it's crazy to me that like these players, um, whether it's MGM, whether it's Ali Dunstrom, whether it's Johnna Curtis, that they got to a point where other teams were allowed to call them because they hadn't signed, re-signed with their original team. But it's it's a whole it's a whole new world now in, in the PHF. You know, not for nothing, but I'm extra glad that Shannon Turner's coming back for one more year because, like, it really feels like a lot of the players who helped build this thing should really get the opportunity to make, like, actual good living wage money for at least one year because they helped build the thing, you know? Yeah. That's kind of the way I, I see it. Is like, you know, players, like, when Packer signed for two years, I was like, right on. Packer earned every bit of a contract with term, right? Like, put in all the blood, all the sweat, yeah. all the tears. If she wants to play with the ribs and she wants two years, you give Madison Packer two years. She built the team. Um, so I, I look forward to us getting at least a couple more stories like that. And uh, all I'm going to say is if, if Dems does come back and it isn't a two-year deal, I'm going to be pretty pissed off because um, that's the yeah. only thing that makes sense. One, one, one last thing. You got to give just, on the bus a good deal. Can I just say one last thing on, on Shannon? Um, I, I don't know if, uh, if it's common knowledge, if a lot of people know it, but the first season that she played uh, in the NWHL when it was back then, she was a practice player. Um, so she, she didn't really get paid. Well, I shouldn't say she didn't get paid. She didn't, she didn't really get paid. She was a practice player. She wasn't making much. She played basically paid her own way uh, to be a part of that team and, and to show up for practices and games and, and those kind of things. And to see the impact that she's had on the culture there, the, the way that that team rallied around her. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty special. And, and I feel like we're, we're really fortunate that we've gotten to, um, in Mike and myself's case, cover her career um, here these, these last seven, eight years. I know Shannon and her family a little bit. Um, and, and I, I think it's, it's, they're just awesome people. And it's, um, it's people like that, that you need to have to, kind of uh, have as a foundation of, of something like this that you want to be around for years and years, right? Yeah, it's, yeah I mean, um, it's one of the things that started on the Riveters beat. Tried very hard not to be biased. You can't help but be biased when you come across really good people. Um, so there, there's always those players who I can't help but cheer for and root for, like players like Rebecca Morse, players like Shannon Turner. You just... I hope good things happen to them because they're good people, right? Same thing of Allie Morse, like uh, when she felt like she was getting a raw shake there, a raw deal. It's like, let Allie Morse play pretty, please. Uh, she's earned every bit of it. So, um, you know, and the same yeah, thing is Fuji McGarry with uh, the opportunity to maybe win Denna Lang and, you know, Elena Orlando also being up for that, which is really cool. Just like players been around, done all the work, never, never in the spotlight. It's really nice when they get that extra attention that uh, they deserve. So I'm all about that stuff. It's nice when we have very nice people who also happen to be very good hockey. It's a nice change of pace from some of the things uh, we have to deal with in other instances, I'll just say. Uh, I think we've covered a lot tonight, right? I mean... Were there any signings we missed? I mean, chances well, I are the moment this, the show is done recording, there's going to be four more signings throwing our luck. But uh, 
I, I do have one more I think I, I can pass along that uh, I think everybody in this this vicinity right here knows that uh, Boston has also signed Elizabeth Jaguar. Um, that's that's a, 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 a pretty big deal. Um, pretty big. Interested to see who's not back on Boston again, like we talked about earlier, but I think that's uh, as I hinted at in my column, maybe some some star-spangled uh, former Boston Pride players aren't going to be on the Boston Pride anymore. But we'll see. The interesting thing about her, too, is that she played with Freeze um, at Clarkson. So even, assuming that Freeze is someone that you're able to or interested in keeping, again, there's that ready-made chemistry. Connection, um, yeah. Presumably, if... I don't know how, I mean, how are you going to pay Taylor, Taylor Wanskowski now? Maybe you do it. I don't know. Again, like I said before, if anyone's going to pull it off, it's Boston. Um, but if you don't, um, what happens to all the UNH players? Because, again, probably a lot of them are going to travel in herds. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's a great signing for them. I think it's a great signing for the league um, to see a Patty Kaz winner coming out of college come straight into the league. Um, there have been a lot of players opting to not do that because um, it's a little politically sticky, but she also did get snubbed from the national team. So you can understand her situation might be slightly different um, than someone like, for example, Aaron Frankel, who I think is coming back to Northeastern. No, she's done. It's everybody else that's coming back, not her. Okay. So you can see how her situation might be slightly different. Um I heard Toronto, Toronto was in on Jaguar, um, from what I was told. As they should be. I mean, everyone, to be fair, everyone should be But, yeah. Cool. Franklin's well, done. She's used all five. But Chloe, Alina. Skylar. No, Skylar's done. No, Skylar's done, too. Um, I'm missing someone. Maureen? Is it Maureen? Uh, there's a whole core. There's like a good core of them that are coming back to Northeastern. So yeah, like we said at the top of the show, um, a lot of big things happened, and it's stuff that I'm sure we could talk about for ages, but uh, big changes, not just to the league front office, but also big signings, a couple of Dan bombs, what are we calling those? rice aroni bombs? I forget. Um, Aaron Is that it? I don't know. Um, a lot of things. Fried rice, things like that. But you know, it's it's exciting. It's really exciting to see these moves. Like we said, it's it's a brand new free agency landscape in professional women's hockey. And it feels like things will only continue to accelerate. And we're getting into this arms race, right? Where like players, you know, Boston's like, you know what? Yeah, we want Allie Thunstrup. We want Elizabeth Shaguer. And the rest of the league has to be like, oh shit, what do we do about that? Right? So it's, it's fun that we're at that stage now. I'm sure by the next time we record, even more shenanigans will happen. And Oh my goodness. Until then, thank you all for listening. Uh, Find the podcast wherever you're listening to us. Leave a nice comment. Makes me very happy. I'm a very sad boy. I like to be made happy when I'm sad. Um, Be nice to yourselves. Drink water. Um, Willie's got floppy ears. What else is important to talk about here? I said I would do the outro because I didn't contribute to the show tonight and uh, I'm failing beautifully. I've been playing a lot of. uh, you know what's fun is I've been playing a lot of Switch Sports already, and I've developed like tennis elbow from playing video games, which is well. I will have to get 
that game so that we can uh, challenge each other. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love the feedback. Let us know what you think. Um, I, if you are feeling some angst, I'm sorry, but at least you have some idea of what's going on now. You're welcome. Um, we will, we'll keep up on the off season. Every time, you know, we feel like there's a critical mass of stuff to talk about. We will talk about it. Um, in the meantime, everyone have a safe and lovely spring and we will see you soon. Thanks for listening. everybody. Thank you everybody. Bye-bye.